It's not a secret that political relationship between the United States and China is not the best right now. But during times like that, I think people-to-people -people exchanges, I think higher education has an even more important role to play to keep channels open between our countries and between our societies. I didn't really know much about China, except people called it Red China. It was a, a mysterious place, uh, very hostile to the United States. And then in the early 1970s, there was so, the so-called ping-pong diplomacy, which uh, ended up opening the doors to Richard Nixon's visit here, and, uh, and then later in the Carter administration, the establishment of regular, normal diplomatic relations between the United States and, and China. So my very first memory that we could maybe learn about more about China came through this ping-pong diplomacy that you mentioned in the early 70s. When you have two countries that have political disagreements, as the United States and China do on all sorts of things, whether it's the military questions or political questions, diplomatic questions, uh, you know, one of the current uh, tensions in, in the relationship is uh, what's the proper response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And so let's let the diplomats sort about that. Let's, I think, in the academic realm, let's look at the problems that we face in common as human beings. Welcome to the Ginger River Radio Podcast, a part of the GRR Media Outlet, and your go-to podcast for anything about the Chinese current events. I'm your host, Jiang Jiang, the founder of Ginger River Review, a newsletter that focuses on reporting the priorities of both the leadership and the general public in China, and views you do not normally see from mainstream English language media. If you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, go to www.gingerriver.com and sign up to join our community of avid China watchers. Now, let's dive into our podcast show today. For over a decade, China has held the distinction of being the top country of a region for international students in the U.S., contributing significantly to the revenue of numerous American universities and colleges. Last year, the U.S. hosted approximately 290,000 Chinese students, maintaining the largest representation in the international student population. However, according to the Institute of International Education, this number marked an 8.6% decline from the previous year. In contrast, the influx of Indian students saw considerable growth, nearing 200,000 last year, a notable 19% increase from the year prior. As COVID-19 is no longer an international public health emergency, and offline civilian exchanges between China and the United States gradually increased after China optimized its epidemic response. Are American universities still enthusiastic about accepting Chinese students? Join me to talk about the importance of educational and people-to-people -people exchanges between U.S. and China in the post-pandemic era today is Stephen Mo, who is Vice Provost for Global Affairs at the University of Virginia. The University of Virginia's delegation led by Mo will visit China from May the 30th to June the 1st to assess the prospects for further development of the university's academic engagement in China, following a hiatus during the COVID pandemic outbreak in 2020. This podcast episode is recorded on May the 30th, the first day of Mao's visit to China in Shanghai. 
Mao has served in a broad range of U.S. national security positions, most recently in acting under Secretary for Political Affairs at U.S. Department of State, working as the day-to-day -day manager of overall regional and bilateral policy issues, and overseeing the bureaus for Africa, East Asia, the Pacific, Europe, the Eurasia, the Near East, South and Central Asia, the Western Hemisphere, and international organizations. Mao was the U.S. Ambassador to the Republic of Poland from 2012 until 2015 and U.S. Ambassador to the Republic of Lithuania from 2003 to 2006. Hi, Ambassador Mao. Welcome to Ginger River Radio. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. It was wonderful to have you. Uh, could you first introduce the main members of your delegation on this trip to China and what are the primary objectives of your visit? I know you have a very intensive schedule and what are the main events planned for your itinerary in China and who are you hoping to meet most during your stay in China? Well, the reason I'm here is China is by far the, our most important, important foreign partner for our international students and our international engagement. Uh, we have almost a thousand Chinese students uh, attending the University of Virginia from the undergraduate up through the graduate and uh, professional level. And our office here in Shanghai is the only international office that the university has in the world uh, for now. And so uh, it was time to come. We uh, had had to reduce a lot of our engagement here because of COVID, like every other country around the world. And so I'm very eager to get back to work uh, in China and getting our engagement going again uh, with our Chinese partners. And I've, we also want, uh, you're one of them, uh, we have quite a big alumni community here throughout the country, and I'm really eager to meet with them, to meet with the parents of our students. So our delegation is, uh, first of all, Justin Ojak, uh, our office director here in Shanghai, who will be spending the whole uh, visit with me. And uh, we also have a, a few colleagues from the University Office of, en of Engagement and Advancement, which develops relations with our alumni community and the friends of the university, uh, including a Chinese uh, recent graduate of uh, UVA who's going to be going back to McIntyre School uh, later uh, this, uh, this fall. Uh, he's here with us as well. And so it's actually great having somebody from China be part of our, of our delegation. And so while we're here, uh, we're going to be meeting with our alumni here in Shanghai and in Beijing. Uh, we're also going to be meeting education officials uh, here in Shanghai. I also want to meet my old colleagues from the State Department who work at the Consulate General uh, here in Shanghai, and I'll be meeting officials at the Embassy in Beijing. And the principal goal of all of this is to reintroduce the university to our community here and our, our friends here, and to make an assessment about how we can best uh, start up people-to-people -people and academic exchanges here in China now that we're fortunately moving beyond COVID. Yeah, I mean, it's great to see that you and the university attach great importance to the Chinese students and the Chinese community. Uh, we know that the past three years, we have seen some impact on the exchanges between China and the American university due to the pandemic and some other factors. Uh, I'm wondering whether you have maybe recently engaged in some exchanges with any like Chinese students in the University of Virginia. Uh, what are your thoughts and feelings from these interactions? Well, I uh, interact with uh, our Chinese student community quite, quite often. As I mentioned earlier, we have almost a thousand uh, Chinese yeah. students uh, it, at the university 
and uh, I have many interactions uh, with them. Uh, the leadership, we have a student council uh, at the uh, university, and there's a special section of the student council that is for international students, and there have been Chinese students regularly uh, serving in that, uh, in that capacity. So my sense is, uh, I, I know we're happy to have them there. Uh, they seem very happy to be there as well. Um, they were, it was a tough, difficult time for them during the, the pandemic. They weren't able to, to go back home to be with their families in some cases for, uh, for many years. Uh, but I think they're relieved. I know I'm relieved that we're coming out of that and uh, getting back to a more normal state, uh, state of affairs. Yeah, I'm sure the past three years, it's been tough for some Chinese students who want to study American, for some American students who want to study in China. And uh, you know, in the last episode of this podcast, Dr. Henry Huiyao Wang, who is the founder and president of the Center for China and Globalization, CCG, a leading non-governmental think tank in Beijing, said that Chinese students were still very much wanted in the United States, despite all the noises. According to his uh, recent you know, visit and observation in the U.S., do you feel the same? And as the Vice Provost for Global Affairs at UVA, and considering that your delegation is the first high-level one from the University of China since before the pandemic began, what message would you like to deliver to the Chinese prospective students? Well, I would say just this. We are open for business, and we're really eager to continue to have such a uh, a great representation from China uh, for, for students to come from China to study at, uh, at UVA. I think uh, our Chinese student community has generally been very, very successful. Uh, their grade point average tends to be actually on average higher than uh, American students, and it's just a, a good sign uh, of how successful they, they are. So we're eager to continue to attract as many students from China as we can, and we're eager to send American students here. Uh, as you know, it's, it's, it's not a secret that political relationship between the United States and China are, is, is not the best right now. Uh, but even during times like that, I think people-to-people -people exchanges, I think higher education has an even more important role to play to keep channels open between our countries and between our societies. Uh, China and the United States are the biggest power players on the world scene uh, today. And so uh, we're, our security is so dependent on how we interact with each other. So it's really important that if diplomats aren't communicating very well, if politicians aren't communicating very well, that means we have an obligation in higher education to keep those channels of communication open. And so I really want to make sure that no matter how bad the political relationship may be, uh, that we can still work on the things that we have in common in, in higher education and learn and learn from each other. Yeah, and uh, can you tell us more about the partnerships and the collaborations uh, the University of Virginia currently have with the Chinese universities and other institutions? And uh, given some of the challenges in the Sino-U.S. relations you, you just mentioned, uh, how do you view the significance of exchanges between universities, between the academic areas of the two countries, in fostering the people-to-people -people interactions between the two countries? Actually, I personally feel that UVA is relatively active in promoting people-to-people -people exchanges between the two countries. What drives you and UVA to promote all those activities? Well, I think 
think uh, we have a number of longstanding partnerships here that uh, Justin, our, our office director, has, has played such an important role in developing and maintaining, even as students left uh, because of, of COVID and, and there were travel restrictions. And so these agreements have not been very active, but they are still uh, in force. And, uh, and so I think we have a good network of universities here in China around the country uh, that as as people start coming back uh, are, are able to come back to China uh, that will have a good network uh, to, to plug into and so we want to revive those relationships. I think um, the speaking in terms of what I'm responsible mm -hmm. for at the University of Virginia in developing opportunities for students to have international education experiences, uh, it, it, it's clear to me that if you go to a university and you don't have an opportunity to learn a foreign language, live in a culture different from your own, see the world through somebody else's eyes and get a different perspective on the problems that all of us as human beings face, whether it's mitigating the impact of climate change, dealing with pandemics, uh, dealing with uh, economic imbalances, uh, and trade issues, uh, all of those to solve those problems together require us to have not only a good idea of how we see the world, but how other people see the world, because only then can you begin to identify a common path forward to solve these problems that we have to solve as human beings. And, and so I think that's it's the most important thing I have to do working at a university is to push as many of our students overseas as possible and in exchange welcome as many students from overseas to us in Charlottesville as we, as, as we can. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned about Shellswell. It really reminds me of my, you know, the two years experience in Darren School Business, which also enjoy lots of, you know, fruitful life, you know, in, in Shellswell. And uh, I heard that UA has a plan of sending a student table tennis club to China to mm. have a ping pong tour maybe in 2024. Uh, that sounds like a very cool idea to me. It reminds me of the ping pong diplomacy between the US and China in 1971. And could you tell us more about this very interesting idea? How, how does this idea come out and how do you expect about the tour? Well, one of my earliest memories of China uh, when I was uh, uh, quite, uh, quite young in uh, grade school and middle school in the United States, um, I didn't really know much about China except pe people called it Red China. It was a, a mysterious place, uh, very hostile to the United States. And then in the early 1970s, there was so the so-called ping-pong diplomacy, which uh, ended up opening the doors to Richard Nixon's visit here, and, uh, and then later in the Carter administration, the establishment of regular, normal diplomatic relations between the United States and, and China. So my very first memory that uh, we could maybe learn about more about China came through this ping-pong diplomacy that you mentioned in the early 70s. So now, more than 50 years later, uh, Justin, uh, our office director, uh, participated in his own ping-pong diplomacy here uh, with uh, the Shanghai Municipal Authorities and, and uh, the, um, the, the Organization for the Promotion of Friendship uh, between Shanghai and, uh, and, and the foreign community organized a, uh, a ping-pong tournament uh, to commemorate the anniversary 
of this ping-pong diplomacy, and Justin performed very well in it. And uh, uh, as we were talking about it, he said, maybe we should explore having our UVA ping-pong club here. We have a ping-pong club at UVA. They're very popular. They, uh, they, they, they have quite a good record. Uh, I think they, they will compete very well here. So I think it would be a great experience for our students to come here and, uh, and play ping pong with, uh, with Chinese counterparts and learn about Chinese culture, learn about the history mm -hmm. of ping pong diplomacy, and uh, learn a lot more about, uh, about China. Mm -hmm. So uh, during our time here in, uh, in Shanghai, I'm going to look at uh, exploring whether uh, the Shanghai, uh, our partners in Shanghai might be willing to work with us mm -hmm. to organize a, a visit like that, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, maybe as soon as January of this, uh, of this year. So I, I know our students are very excited about the prospect, and I am too. I would like to come. I'm not a very good ping pong <laughs> player myself, but I would like to come with them, uh, come back uh, uh, next, uh, next winter uh, to cheer them on, and uh, I, think, I think it would be a really positive thing uh, for our university and for our relations here in China. Yeah, yeah, that's a really cool idea. I'm also looking for, forward to that. And, uh, you know, as a UVA Darden graduate, I know there are many alumni of UVA, including the Darden School of Business, working in different industries in China. So in terms of the industry distribution, did you find anything interesting or worth highlighting about the UVA alumni's working domain in China? Uh, I'm hoping to find out more. I'm not up to date on that. Uh, we're going to be spending time. We have a few hundred people coming to a reception. I hope you'll be there uh, uh, tomorrow night. And I'm looking forward to getting caught up to find out how our graduates are doing, what sort of uh, industries they're working in, uh, how their professional lives are going. As you probably know, uh, at UVA, we like to think of our alumni as a, as a family that we never lose contact with. And, uh, and so I'm looking forward to getting caught up with them tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And uh, before we move to the recommendation session of the podcast, the last question is that, you know, uh, we know that there are some, you know, challenges in terms of the relationship between U.S. and China. Mm -hmm. And what, what areas do you think the U.S. and Chinese universities should have more cooperation and exchanges in the coming years? And what are the biggest challenges? Uh, the two sides face currently in terms of the academic changes now? Mm -hmm. So I think it's best to start when you have two countries that uh, have uh, political disagreements as the United States and China do on all sorts of things, whether it's uh, the military um, questions or political questions, diplomatic questions, uh, you know, one of the current uh, uh, tensions in, in the relationship is uh, what's the proper response to the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, and, and, and so let's let the diplomats sort about that. Let's, I think, in the academic realm, let's look at the problems that we face in common as human beings. You know, and I think here most principally of the threat that all of us face from climate change. Climate change is a fact. It's caused by human activity, uh, and uh, certainly a big part of it is caused by human activity. And so we as human beings have a common responsibility to find a way to mitigate the impact of that climate change. And this is something that affects all of our security, regardless of what you think about uh, war in other parts of the world or what you think about Taiwan or, or other, other issues. All of us face, whether you're Chinese or American or from Bhutan, uh, we all face that, that, that challenge. So I think as 
researchers and as academicians, uh, we have a, an obligation to work together to find common solution to the problem of that. Uh, uh, global health, uh, fighting against, the, there's going to be another pandemic eventually. So we, uh, China has learned a lot from dealing with uh, COVID. We have learned a lot. Uh, we've certainly made mistakes in the United States that we need to learn from and we need to share our mistakes and what we've learned with partners like, like China. So I think that's another area in which uh, the United States and Chinese higher education communities can and should be cooperating together. And so I, I very much hope that as we restart our academic engagement that we're able to send students here to look into things like that, to send our researchers here, and to welcome researchers from China in the United States. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we invite every guest of our podcast to recommend something to our listeners. It can be a book, a movie, a TV series, a podcast, or even a video game. Do you have anything to recommend for us today? Well, I can always recommend lots of things. So on the music side, I am a yeah. huge fan of oh. Bruce Springsteen. And uh, he's uh, a musician I have followed and been a very strong fan of my whole life. And I don't know how familiar uh, your Chinese audience is with uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen, but uh, I would certainly recommend mm -hmm. his, uh, his latest uh, album called Letter to You. Okay. Uh, it's definitely worth a, a listen, a really good uh, rock and roll record. Uh, on the movie side, uh, I uh, am a huge fan of the work of, um, of Chloe Zhao, a Chinese-American uh, filmmaker. Uh, I, I understand maybe her works aren't accessible here in, in, in China. One of her movies, uh, Nomadland, won uh, the mm -hmm. Academy Award a couple of years ago. But my favorite, favorite, favorite movie of the last uh, 20 years, probably, is an earlier work of hers uh, called The Writer, R-I-D-E-R, uh, about a young uh, Native American man uh, who has dreams of uh, being a rodeo star. And for, I won't spoil the, the movie, but it's just one of the most beautiful, moving movies I've seen in my in my life about how you how um, you have dreams, how people have dreams, and you can't always realize your dream, and that's a tragedy. Uh, but sometimes, without even knowing it, you fulfill the dreams of others that that, that that people have in you. And it's a beautiful film that I, if you can see it and your audience can see it, I'd strongly recommend it. Thank you, thank you. That's great recommendations. I have watched the Nomad, Nomad Land, like I watched mm -hmm. that, but the right one, I, I didn't watch that. I'll mm -hmm. definitely check the it out. Writer. It's an earlier movie. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, a, it's a beautiful film. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. And also the music. And uh, uh, thank you very much. Uh, you know, I, I know that this is very intense schedule for you. And thank you very much for taking time to have this podcast talk with us. And I hope you have a smooth and productive trip in China this time. Hope you enjoy the night of Shanghai and the, the day in Shanghai and Beijing. Oh, well, it's such a pleasure. Thank you again for the invitation. I'm so excited to be back here in Shanghai after almost four Welcome years. Back. Uh, Welcome thank back. You. It's great to be back. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. The Ginger River Radio Podcast is a part of the GR Media Outlet. Our show is produced and edited by me, Jiang Jiang, Yu Liaojie from Shanghai International Studies University, and Jia Yuxuan from Beijing Foreign Studies University. For cooperation, investing, or feedback, email me directly at jiangjiang, J-I-A-N-G-J-I-A-N-G, at gingerriver.com, or just give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We would be delighted if you would recommend our podcast or newsletter to others if you find it helpful. 
Thank you for listening and see you next time. Take care.